Welcome back, Double Teamed fam. How are we doing today? So we're welcoming a new guest. Her name is Nadej. She is a sex scholar and astrologer who graduated from Berkeley. She founded Pleasure Science, a brand that helps people feel healthy and empowered in their sexuality. She writes articles and eBooks and hosts erotic wellness events. And on an average day, you'll find her using her nerd powers for good. Hi, Nadej. Hi. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you. Also to everyone, because I know we just did an astrology episode. This isn't an astrology episode. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> but it she isn't. does happen to be an astrologer and we love that <laughs> we do yes. yes i am curious the pleasure science bit so what yeah. got you into that what was what was the journey entering into that space well it was really funny when i look back i was always just the sex person like i was always the person that my friends were like i got herpes and i like found out from a very young age that that was really normal because a lot of people were telling me that they were getting herpes and i was like oh wow okay like a lot of people have this and then i graduated from high school didn't do very well and was like well school's not for me and after a few years realized that was a hard life to live. So I went back, got my associate's degree in a community college and transferred. And so when I transferred to Berkeley, I was a junior and they were like, you're gonna have to write this big thesis paper. It's gonna take two years. And I was like, what could I study for two years that won't bore me? Mm -hmm. And that was sex. <laughs> and that's uh, how it was all born. Uh, wait, what was your major? It was gender and women's studies with a minor in LGBT studies. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> and my focus was sex. So I went to porn sites. Mm -hmm. I was really focusing on consent and how consent is portrayed on film because if you're watching a porno, you would assume that everything that's happening, the actors agreed to it before, right? And they mm -hmm. were like, yes, you can choke me, you can spank me, whatever. And so I was really curious what those conversations looked like. Also, I kind of just wanted to be on a porn set, right? Like, <laughs> And yeah, it was really cool. I went to feminist porn sets, queer porn sets, and then mainstream porn sets. So I really got to see kind of a difference in how the culture is and how porn stars really advocate for themselves and it was really cool to see because I found that like I had so many assumptions about the porn industry that really weren't true like how people are really disempowered mm -hmm. and when I went to these websites or not websites when I went to the physical site the porn set I realized that these people were really empowered they knew about their needs way more than the average person I had so much to learn from these people who are so marginalized and for what because they're good at sex and we all watch them have sex it's such an interesting thing so that was where it all began I like wow. it. What's your yeah. relationship like with porn? Having um, gone through that. My relationship with porn. So when I was younger, I would watch porn, but I would watch it like a movie with popcorn. Like it wouldn't really, oh. I wouldn't want to masturbate to it necessarily, but it did really fascinate me. And I found it pretty young and it did like turn me on, but I would have to like turn the computer off or turn the video off and then masturbate. Cause that was a very like I love imagining things and I would find that my imagination was just better for me personally. But then as I got older, I found queer porn and being a queer person myself, that was just like a whole different experience. And I was like, oh, this does make me want to masturbate. And I think it was just because I really connected to the people on screen and I was like, those are people who I would have sex with in real life. And I didn't realize that I wasn't as connected to the mainstream porn that I was seeing. And so it was, yeah, it was a really interesting journey, but I love porn. I like it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think for a lot of us, porn is where we start our- I think so. Away. Yeah, yeah. sexual journeys or like some, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be porn, but like, you know, you see something graphic on some form of like mm. media. I know for me, I remember like it was magazines cause you know, like- yeah. 
Yeah. And so I don't know. And then when, once I discovered porn, I know we talked about this in another episode. Cami had a, an interesting relationship with porn, but at least for me, like when I discovered it, I like wanted to make sure I built a good, like healthy relationship with yeah. it. But I really struggled with it at first. Oh, what do you mean? Like in the sense that like I originally had like, because it was always lesbian porn for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, then I became bisexual. So. Yeah. Or I didn't become bisexual. <laughs> I finally explored my bisexuality. But yeah. yeah, it was one of those things where it like took me a while to be like, well, why do I like this? Yeah. Why do I like watching girls instead of like a girl and a guy? Or, like yeah. also hetero porn for me in the beginning, at least looked oddly violent. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I think that that's super true even today. Yeah. I don't know. It, it still does sometimes. So, but I, yeah. but I, I guess probably a lot of that hetero porn is more for the male gaze. Oh yeah. Oh, so. for sure. You know, when I was studying something that I found out that really pissed me off was that certain porn award shows, like the big ones. And I don't know if this is still true and I hope it isn't, mm -hmm. but at the time, so this was 2012 at the time, there's different categories, like at the Oscars, right? There's different categories for everything. Yeah. And at the porn awards, there's gay porn categories and straight porn categories and lesbian porn was actually in straight porn award categories because it was made by men for men and gay porn categories were all for gay male porn cisgendered man on man porn and when i found that out i got so pissed off but then i also found the feminist porn awards which are awards by like feminist porn makers and queer porn makers mm -hmm. but it still really sucked because like even in the industry so again i don't know if that's still true to this day with mm -hmm. those different categories but it was true what i mean 2012 was 10 years ago so it was true yeah. 10 years ago and that's really frustrating because lesbian porn isn't straight porn right no. yeah. i mean the word lesbian is in it <laughs> exactly that does piss me off a this right makes me want to go to a porn awards show i want uh, to look that up yeah or actually i follow a girl that i'm she does porn and if she was like showcasing at mm. the porn awards she actually won an award which i thought was really cool yeah um and she actually performs at one of the sex clubs that we go to but anyways i thought that was really neat to see because i didn't know that that was like yeah. a thing either so anyways. yeah well we don't have to focus on porn but, uh, <laughs> i was gonna say i with my journey with porn started mm. just with pictures because yeah. in my mind there was so much shame i was like i can only look at the pictures because if i go to see the like actual videos it's going to be 10 mm. times worse and you know god's gonna you know send me to hell for that 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 was you know when i used to be religious that was like the thought process in my mind and yeah. it took me a really long time to like just come out and be like okay with like okay well i mostly like men but i love lesbian porn so yeah kind of took a while but yeah. here we are it's funny you say that because it actually started for pictures of me too i'd look up the me pictures. too actually yeah. yeah i'd look up the pictures of like the porn film instead of the actual mm. like porn because i for some reason that was oh like, it was a shame yeah oh, well and like i think photos are more accessible when you're a kid like i would go on that's those true. aim chat rooms and like <laughs> they were wild like it was amazing and i I'm, God, I was so young. Like, I can't even think about what's going to happen with my own kids when they have the internet. Like, I feel like I'm either going to be really liberal or I'm going to be like, everything is password protected and sex doesn't exist because I just know like <laughs> yeah. what a crazy child I was. But totally, I started with pictures too. And it's interesting because when we look at neuroscience, our eyes just visually, like we're such a visual culture already with mm -hmm. like everything that has happened with the internet and with Instagram and social media and TikTok. But even before then, when we look at like, 
like the progression of how humans connect through technology, it's really interesting. Like people actually predicted things like sexting because of the ways our eyes capture images and like how it makes us just start to get aroused. And, you know, arousal in your body doesn't just mean like erotic arousal. It just means like the feeling of like your heart beating a little faster, your eyes focusing on something like that's arousal, you know, like when you're watching a scary movie, that's also arousal, oh, right? Really? Well, yeah, because you're scared. You, the same physical bodily response. It's fascinating. So the a reason why horror films can sometimes turn us on and we don't and we're like, why am I turned on? Like these people are dying and I'm scared. It's because arousal whether you're scared, anxious, nervous, or erotically aroused, it's the same physical thing that's happening in your body. Your heartbeat increases, you start to sweat a little bit, your focus gets heightened, shortness of breath, it's all the same things. So it's called misattribution when your brain is like watching. Or a really good example is if you're on a roller coaster, but your crush is next to you, and then your brain is going haywire. They're like, am I aroused? Because like Josh is next to me and I just want to kiss his face. Or like we're on Goliath and we're about to just fall and I think I'm going to die. <laughs> And maybe it's all of the above, but because arousal can happen in so many different ways, our mind will misattribute what's happening sometimes, which isn't a bad thing. You it know? can't really tell the difference, basically? Yeah, like it can't tell oh. the difference. It's like maybe horror films start to turn you on because you just watch them a lot and your brain recognizes the arousal that's happening. And, you know, I mean, it's a really interesting, our brains are really funny. Like we've yeah, got to give ourselves some slack, but <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah. And I don't really like scary movies, but the only times I want to watch scary movies is with someone that I want to have sex with. So there could be something there, you know? And I also think it's just like, we can get addicted to feeling stressed mm -hmm. or feeling anxious, you know? And I think that's also why it's like arousal can feel good regardless of like what its trigger is, mm -hmm. but it's important to understand this about our brains. Cause I think that helps us give ourselves some slack when we like don't understand why something turns us on or don't understand why we feel a certain way and sometimes it's fine to just be like my body's funny my body's doing a funny thing like mm -hmm. let's not try to label everything or say that I'm bad or whatever like maybe this horror film is turning me on and I'm gonna fuck my husband later and that's really great like who you know I mean who's to say I wonder yeah. if that that made me think of her question and yeah. I had to write it down so that's what I was doing I was like well, wait since you wrote it down I'm gonna finish this thought because otherwise I'm gonna forget it. I wonder, now granted, I always talk about this and I always say this is not my only personality trait, but <laughs> I wonder if that's why I like knife play. Oh, maybe. I love knife play. It turns me on so much, but mm. I hate cutting. I hate blood. Like it's not yeah. anything about that, but for some reason it really turns me on. Yeah. And so maybe that's what it is because it like gets all those same like bodily reactions. Yeah. So then my body's like, you know, doesn't know what's going on. Interesting. I'm gonna I mean, sit on this. Yeah, I like that. Th I this is fascinating. I think. <laughs> All right, what was your question? Well, what I was going to ask, because you know, you kind of made a good point. Mm. Do you think the digital world has negatively or positively? like affected our pleasure? You know, I feel like it's that's just like the wrong question to ask because it's inevitable, right? You can argue both ways, mm. right? But really at the end of the day, we're evolving and we evolve with technology. So it completely makes sense that people will want to start sexting each other, sharing nudes. Like I said, like scholars actually predicted this. There's this really incredible book called Sexting Panic written mm. by this a scholar. I think her name is Amy Hassanoff, mm -hmm. but she talks a lot about sexting and how like when it comes to, 
this question, like, is it bad or good the way technology has evolved? We just have to accept the ways that we're connecting with what's available to us because Mm. humans have always connected with whatever is available to them. And like I said, we're extremely visual creatures. So it completely makes sense that we want to be sending these nudes and sending things like that. And I think what's more, the better question to ask is how we can teach people the proper boundaries and etiquette around that type of thing. Because the problem isn't that people send nudes or take nudes. The problem is that you send a nude to someone you like, and then they send it to whoever the hell they want. And Mm. that's not okay. That's disrespectful, like period, full stop. Like you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be doing that. So I think that's really more so what is important to focus on is like, how do you have etiquette around being a sexual person and like be respectful with that? Because yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. And it actually reminds me most recently, one of my partners and I, we always like to, you know, make our little home videos. <laughs> and um, I love that. I am too nervous because, and it's funny because I'm like afraid of someone. I have, I fantasize hard about being filmed or like watched having sex. Yeah. But then when I'm in the situation, I completely shut down mm-hmm. and I can't enjoy it. And I'm still like working through this like subconscious fear that someone will spread a video of me and it's, you know, but go on. Well, I was going to say maybe start with doggy because that's the only position that we really film in because then my Mm. face isn't in it. Oh, Um, yeah. Maybe my ass is pretty recognizable, but at least like you can't see my face. And, you know, like no one's face is like super sexy during sex. But (laughs) what I was going to say was like, I'm not monogamous. He really isn't, but it's just kind of a casual friends of benefits relationship. But he was texting a girl and he was like, do you mind if I share this with her? And I was like, absolutely. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. And then he shared it with her. And then like one time they were hanging out or whatever. And she like found out that I knew that he shared it with me and she was like oh she knew the whole time and he was like absolutely we discuss everything yeah and like make sure we consent with each other before we do things like that because I do the same with him and she was like oh my god I never thought that like that would be like a thing people would do and I'm like what do you mean anyway so it was really interesting I thought it was like a good moment for the both of us to like because a we always ask each other for consent before we like share anything yeah and then b like to show others you know the way that we consent with each other oh yeah so I agree consent is huge there I've accepted I have a lot of nudes out there oh me too yeah yeah I like at this point I know yeah it's like it is what it is I was gonna say if it's like a new pressure though because I have Mm. that same fear so then I'm like every nude has to be bombed oh for sure for sure. It's gonna look good. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I know, but then I think about the times that like I watch porn and you know, like their face looks weird or their body's yeah. in like a weird situation, or you can see like the rippling of like their boob. And I'm just like, we're all human, we've all got yeah. bodies. Like at some point you just gotta be like, whatever. So maybe it wasn't like my sexiest yeah. moment. Still looks pretty hot having sex. So. And I also just feel like it's so hot to watch people have sex. Yes. Like people aren't even but of course we're I'm gonna be thinking about it. Like if a nude <laughs> or if a something leaks, I'm gonna be like, yeah. oh my god, like my smile sucks and people are like um your boobs are in the picture so I don't think that's what people are looking at but you know yeah yeah I well and we did an episode on this last week but Mm. you know we say sex is art yeah I think so I remember at the the sex party I was working out a few weekends ago at one point there were two couples on the bed and like the way I was sitting it was like I had a view of like their legs and the guy going in the girl and I'm just like staring and it's like this is beautiful oh yeah yeah in whatever form it is I think it can be beautiful yeah 
Okay, so I wanted to jump into a little bit more of kind of the pleasure signs because Kimi, um, I guess for our listeners to explain, yeah. she went to the, it was the erotic journaling. No, erotic rose rebirth. Erotic rose rebirth. My Dope event worth going to see. <laughs> yeah. We're going to plug that later. <laughs> Which I'm really sad that I missed. But anyways, um, and it sounded like it was a really great event. Yeah. And even her dude enjoyed it, which <laughs> I would not have imagined that he would be one to <laughs> to connect with his erotic side. Well, you know, in that way, it, it was really funny because mm. you know how you did the, the journaling in two parts. Yeah. So he struggled with the last question of mm. the first part, mm. but it wasn't until the last question of the second part that he was like, wait a minute. Yeah. And then he connected it. And so we had a whole conversation about that uh, in the car and I absolutely loved it. I was like, oh my God, I need to do this. I know. I was like, thank you for sharing that with me. Because yeah. like, that was him like being vulnerable with me. It doesn't always happen. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really liked it. Oh, so good. I really like this. <clears throat> hey, Cami and I always talk about journaling on the pod yeah. because we both do quite a bit of it. So nice. like, probably almost every day. And I journal about a lot of things like, you know, my emotions, my dreams, yeah. my wishes, thoughts that I have, like ideas, things like that, like things that I'm processing. Yeah. But I really like the idea of erotic journaling. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of wanted to get a little bit into that. A, like how you go about that or like maybe, you know, how you have people, you know, begin their erotic journaling journey. Yeah. Well, I think first off, like, I mean, you kind of already touched on this, but when it comes to wellness, we focus on so many things, right? Like Mm -hmm. mental wellness, physical wellness, but why aren't we focusing on sexual wellness? Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of silly. So just right off the bat, like journaling, erotic journaling is, you know, journaling about pleasure and about sex, which can be two different things. So I'd say like a great place to start. And the reason why I like using the word erotic and not sex is because pleasure and erotics, I think can be so diverse, right? Like the food Mm -hmm. you eat can be orgasmic, just Mm -hmm. like the sex that you have. And so when you're thinking about erotic journaling, I would say start small, especially since when it comes to sex, like everybody's introduction to sex is through shame of some sort, you Mm -hmm. know, big or small. So maybe don't start right with sex if that just doesn't feel comfortable with you. Start journaling on the people that you're hanging out with and who actually feels good to be around. Start journaling about the food that you're eating and when you feel like you're not eating. Food and sex, I think our relationships to these things are so similar. They're almost parallel. And when we ignore the urge to eat, which I think is really common in like this diet culture that we live in, Mm. we're teaching our body to ignore its natural, normal like cues. Like your body's telling you to eat because you need nourishment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes your body's telling you you're aroused because maybe you need to masturbate and that's also a form of nourishment. If you're not eating when you feel hungry, then you're training your body to ignore when it needs pleasure. And that can lead into blocks in your sex life. So journaling about your relationship with food can also be really powerful. Like when do I like to eat? What do I like to eat? What do I feel shame about eating? So those are some ways to start with that. And then if you're thinking about sex and you're ready to just go into sex, you can journal about some of the things that bring you shame, but that can be very heavy. Maybe talk to a therapist or a sex counselor while you're doing that. But I'd start to journal about like when it comes to sex, what makes you feel cherished? What makes you feel? Because I've noticed a lot of people need to feel cherished or special in Mm. some sort of way to enjoy the moment, even if it's casual, Mm -hmm. you know, like feelings are always a part of sex, even casual sex. It's always about feelings. Oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone, is released big time when you orgasm, big time when you eye gaze, big time when you cuddle. Mm -hmm. So feelings and attachment and bonding is going to happen. And that doesn't mean that 
you know, you can't enjoy casual sex. It just Mm -hmm. means like, let's be honest about like connection happening in this moment, honor the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you feel cherished during sex? How do you feel relaxed and able to receive pleasure? Sometimes, especially for people who identify as femme or as a woman or queer, it's really hard for us to feel like we're worthy of receiving the pleasure. And instead we want to give pleasure to someone else. So I'd say if that relates to you, start thinking about what makes you feel comfortable receiving pleasure. You know, do you feel comfortable if the lights are off? Like a lot of people feel like silly wanting the lights off, but they really need that to feel comfortable. Those are your erotic needs and your preferences and they matter. Mm -hmm. And like you'll build so much self-esteem by asking for someone to keep the lights off or to keep your clothes on. If that makes you feel more comfortable and having those needs honored will build your self-esteem. And then over time, you'll probably find like, oh, we can turn the lights on now because I feel cherished and supported. You like me, you support me. I can take my clothes off, you know? So I'd say start with those things. It can be very simple and really just start identifying what are some of your basic erotic needs. I know this is funny because a lot of people relate to this, but like their partner cleaning before or after sex is an erotic need for some people. I mean, really, really. There are some people, especially in long-term relationships, I actually call it chore play. And I think we should all <laughs> be practicing more chore play. But a lot of people in relationships, because we fall into roles, yeah, right? Yeah. In the relationship. And then the roles that we fall into are great because they help the relationship maintain and last long. But then they can also be like, okay, I'm always doing the dishes. Can you mm-hmm. please do the dishes? And so like for some people, it can be, especially in a long-term relationship, it can feel really just rewarding that your partner is like, I'm going to make the bed and then I'm going to fuck you in it or something. I don't know. Or I'm going to do the laundry and then I'm going to fuck you. (laughs) And like, it's, yeah, it's just a little bit of chore play, but like journaling, like it's so funny because in the, at the erotic Rose rebirth, someone came up to me and she was like, I actually wrote down that I want my boyfriend to clean the house more, but is that an erotic need? And I'm like, girl, that is like one of the biggest ones I hear all the time. Yeah, I don't, some people aren't cleaning. I don't, I don't know. That's and it's lame. not just like heterosexuals, yeah, you know, I have like a great example. Yeah. For this. So when I, when I was engaged with mm-hmm. my, with my ex fiance and we used to live together, mm-hmm. we, at one point we bought a house and he was not the best at cleaning, but I was, I'm like a neat freak. Love it. So, you know, we would have our our one cleaning day, Mm. which would be usually like Saturday or Sunday. And one of my favorite things to do, like after he and I, you know, we'd split up the chores and, you know, I'd clean this, he'd clean that. And then as soon as like we're done and like the whole house is clean, the windows are open, it's airy, it's nice and fun. We'd have sex. Yeah. It was so great because I'm like, the house is clean. I can just relax. Yeah. See, and that's, you hit the nail on the head. Like in order to enjoy sex, you do have to be relaxed. Right. And so speaking about arousal, like what we were talking about before and how Mm -hmm. arousal can be from fear or from something else, sex is a nerve wracking experience. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's very common to have sex and not feel relaxed, even though like you're wet and you're ready to go because it's like, oh, I'm naked and maybe this is new. And like, do I smell good? Like, well, you know, like thinking mm-hmm. of all the things I always feel like there's food in my teeth, like oh. in the middle of sex. It's like, that's like one of my things where I'm like, babe, I got it. I got to check out a mirror. I'm so sorry. Got to relax. And that'll help me relax. But I'm always I afraid like to like, dude. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. 
You know what's a really We're cute story though? Years. A really cute story about farting. My <laughs> best friend, she's been with her husband for 10 years, but when they met, when they were like dating three months in, she farted in front of him and she was just like horrified. Like this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me in my life. And he just like clenched and like, and she was like, what is he doing? And then he farted. He like made himself fart. <laughs> oh and God. she was just like, oh my God, I really like this guy. And that was like a really big bonding moment in their relate farting. Yeah, like wow. it's so, but any, but going back to like whatever makes you feel relaxed no, like you're right That's yeah the cutest thing isn't that like a cute <laughs> farting story who would have thought i love that <laughs> i'm also one that tries to avoid that at all costs. oh me too yeah, yeah. i would costs. say I, w- I would love for someone to like want to relate that way <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> so considerate it really yeah. is like yeah. what a guy but, marriage no, material <laughs> that's when you know someone loves you yeah that's and and i always say that too is like you know when you know someone loves you when like you do something cringy and yeah. like whatever and they're like willing to look past it yeah or whatever like that's how you know yeah but on the topic of like relax i Mm. I really love what you said there hey by the way random thought as, mm. as soon as you were like what food do you feel guilty eating about or shame mm. i was like sugar oh, and that's yeah. like the one thing cake. i love to eat Ugh, yeah. I, yeah and like i really struggle with that so like maybe i need to do some journaling around food yeah but for me like i remember i was actually talking to the dude that i mentioned earlier we were talking about it earlier today and yesterday when i when i went over to his place we were gonna watch a movie mm. and immediately like we got in bed we got his laptop and like i immediately undressed and we like started watching the movie and then today when we were talking about it because we always kind of debrief after the next day that's good which i think is yeah i think everyone should do that it doesn't have to be the next day but like at some point you should debrief about the experience yeah but anyways he goes it stresses me out when you get naked right away because i feel like you want sex right away and i needed to just like relax and like watch the movie first and i was like (laughs) and i was like no 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 i like physical touch and i need touch and like skin to skin contact to help me relax and get in the mood i'm like all i wanted to do was just like be naked because that's like my natural form i love being naked yeah i was like i just needed to be naked and like laying next to you watching this movie and i was like it doesn't mean that i want to start sex right away he was like oh he was like okay that helps and i'm like what a productive conversation that is so important though like because i told like there's just so many mixed messages we get all the time when we're having sex with people Mm -hmm. because we don't talk about it or we assume Mm -hmm. you know i mean we're taught that like it's romantic if someone can just like pick up on our wants and for sure that's totally romantic but that isn't always how it happens or you're dating someone for a long time and you both picked up on each other's like nonverbal cues at the beginning but then like sex changes or your desires change it's Mm -hmm. like we've got to normalize talking about it even if it was bomb at the beginning yeah but you know yeah that's amazing i always say like to one of my friends she's moving in with her boyfriend soon and i remember Mm. during an episode that we recorded with her we were like make sure y'all do check-ins yeah even if things are going really well do check-ins every once in a while because it's so important to be like you know hey this is good but actually i thought about this like maybe just a little thing something small that you guys can just like tweak a little bit and it'll make that much of a difference yeah so yeah i mean communication honestly like you probably know especially with you know in everything sex related and bdsm and all those things like communication is so important communication is lubrication oh yeah But it really is, though. I'll put in a dash. I mean, that's just a famous. Like, I feel like every sexologist has heard that quote. I definitely didn't really? come up with it. Oh yeah, that's like a I've big. I've never heard it's, it. Don't yuck my yum I is love, which I know you loved. Love that. And communication is lubrication. And then the other really fun like sexologist thing that people say or that sex scholars say is pleasure is the measure for good sex, not orgasm. Mm-hmm. So those are all of the 
fun little wise, rhythmic, like beautiful sayings. But I didn't come up with them. I, I, I just regurgitate that. them because that's what I do. I'm a, re- I'm a researcher. Yeah. yeah no, works. but I think that's great. And funny that you mentioned you like watching movies naked because I mm. did the same thing with my dude. <laughs> really? Yeah. We, we oh. like opened his laptop to watch a movie, which by the way, the movie we watched was like this Korean thriller and it was, it was like Dexter on like steroids. Was it Parasite? Because no, I love that was, movie. Um, I saw the devil. Ooh, that sounds like, no, but that sounds cool. I kind of want to watch it. I haven't haven't finished it yet, but it was funny because we were like getting into bed and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to undress because I like, you know, I need like skin to skin contact in order to like, why do we, why are you and I like that? I'm like that too, though. Like when I'm going to have a hard conversation with someone that I love, I need to be holding their hand or if like I'm dating them, like maybe sitting in their lap if they're okay with it, because Mm. that shows me like just even holding my hand is like okay even though you're telling me bad news or I'm telling you bad news we're good we're okay like you're holding my hand and that just like helps me so much and also actually speaking of like wanting to be naked I like hate pants like I have a love-hate relationship with them because they're cute and they look good but I also like hate them and I just never want to wear them so whenever I get home like the first thing I do is just like take off my pants and underwear Mm-hmm. socks stay on shirt oh. can stay I love my socks yeah like don't take my socks off but oh. do take my pants off and uh, but it's so funny because my ex would like always notice it and just be like you just hate like wearing your pants <laughs> and at first and it was funny because I was younger in this relationship so we never had a really adult conversation like you had with your partner but it was cute because she noticed it and she commented on it and I was like okay like yeah I guess I do really take my pants off all the time and it doesn't mean we're gonna have sex And I think Mm -hmm. because, you know, my partner wasn't a cis man, maybe the first thought wasn't like, oh, I'm going to fuck you because your pants are off. And that just cues to me that it's go time. Yeah. You know, I like that. I'm also the same. I don't like pants. I don't like clothes. When I get home, I strip down, put on a big T-shirt and that's it. Yep. Nikki Robe and I are life. so used to seeing each other naked just yeah. because we both just don't like clothes. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. I should invest in a robe. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have like way too many robes. <laughs> I like it. Big robe life. Yeah. I used to be big into robes and then I kind of got away from it. So, but I think I, I need like a new robe to like usher into another robe phase. <laughs> yeah. Like leopard, it. leopard print. Or uh, just like you're wearing. Oh I yeah. Like <laughs> I can you die of like with so much animal print. Like I love, that. love. I also like leopard print. But my question kind of in relation to all of that, um, or at least in like pleasure and mm. finding your pleasure. What are usually your top three recommendations mm, for, for people, people that struggle with it? Um, well, I'd say one thing is to question the formula we're given about sex. And what I mean by that is that we're taught from such a young age that sex is kissing plus foreplay plus penetration equals orgasm mm-hmm. in that order, mm-hmm. right? The sex escalator. Yep. Exa- oh, I like that. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> oh, that's what I call it. But it's so, but that's exactly what it is. And yeah. that sex escalator does not work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I also like to think, so for me personally, I like to think of penetration as post play and try to have an orgasm before. And then penetration is what we have at the end afterwards, after I've already had one orgasm. Cause then like, I'm just so much more open and Mm -hmm. like wet and just anything that goes in and out, it's so much more fluid. It just feels really good. Mm -hmm. And then I don't feel pressure to orgasm for my G spot. Cause that's just like hard for me. So I'd say that's the first thing is to like question the formula you 
were taught about sex, recognize that sex was written from the perspective of the penis, which isn't a bad thing. Like people were in power and they wrote history a certain way, like, you know, and they wrote the script for sexual pleasure. And that's just how that happened. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to think like that anymore. And Mm so that's one thing that I would say. I'd say another thing is to really fantasize without shame. Um, Psychologists have found that it's extremely cathartic and rewarding Mm -hmm. to fantasize and just not sanitize the thoughts that are coming through, especially if they're taboo, right? Like one exercise I try to give people is to take two weeks. And when you start fantasizing about sex, just let that fantasy run its course. And it's really interesting because at least in my experience and the Mm -hmm. feedback I get from people is that they start to realize like when they're censoring themselves because they're conscious of it now. Mm -hmm. So like a fantasy will start, like maybe like you're attracted to your friend's husband and like Mm -hmm. they're monogamous, right? So you can't have fun, sexy times. (laughs) And you start fantasizing about this man and you're like, oh, but that's my friend's husband. And then you notice the, like the first block comes up and you're like, wait, I'm censoring myself. So then you just let it go. And then it starts to go on and on and on. And then you let the fantasy go and be what it will. And what's really interesting is some people will like, as the fantasy unfolds, they'll start fighting in the fantasy with that person and realize like that person isn't really this person on a pedestal that they thought that they were. And, mm-hmm. or they'll fantasize about the sex and then interact with that person in real life and be like, yeah, actually the energy that I was fantasizing about, yeah. you don't actually embody that in real. Like I'm looking for X, Y, and Z, and I was just projecting that onto you. And so fantasizing, yeah, fantasizing and letting a fantasy run all the way through is extremely illuminating. There's this one psychologist named Dr. Justin Miller, and he wrote a book about the subject, about like the top seven sexual fantasies that people have, why they have them, what they Mm -hmm. might mean. So that's really fascinating to look at. But what he found was when you fantasize without shame, you just learn so much about yourself. You learn about how your childhood mm-hmm. informed your sex life, how society informed your sex life, what your needs are. So it's really, really healthy. So I'd say that's another thing to do and really spend two weeks. Mm-hmm. And when you start fantasizing, let it run its course, see mm-hmm. what happens, masturbate if you need to, or don't or whatever. When the two weeks are done, check in with yourself and see how you feel. If you feel better than you did before, keep going. <laughs> Stop censoring yourself. <laughs> I've yet to meet anyone who's been like, you know what? I really hated this experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it could happen. And if that's your experience, then trust that as well. You yeah. know, you're the expert of your own sex life as mm-hmm. well. So, and I'd say that's probably my final piece of advice. You're the expert of your own sex life. Don't let anybody tell you what to like or not like and stand up for yourself. Advocate mm-hmm. for yourself. Own it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was probably one of the biggest things in my sexual journey was when I got to the point where I was like, I don't care if people think this is weird. I like it, you know, and as as long as I do, you know, the things that I want to do in a good, safe, consensual space, like that's all that matters. Absolutely. I'm curious that book, do you remember what some of those seven fantasies are? Yeah. One was uh, cuckolding. So it's Mm when, um, so for anyone, and you're both nodding, like we are very, we're familiar with the cucks, but cuckolding stereotypically is when a man fantasizes about a man who's stronger or more good looking like fucking his wife Mm -hmm. sometimes in front of him or fucking his partner but basically it's like this mixture of humiliation Mm -hmm. like I'm not a big enough man I'm not a good enough man and here's this man like who's a man man manly man man you know he's he's fucking my wife because he's the manly man and I'm like the baby man and which is just a fascinating fascinating thing Uh, threesomes and group sex is a big Mm -hmm. fantasy that people have playing with gender or sexual orientation is a big fantasy that people have. Mm -hmm. I think pretty much everybody suppresses 
expresses some part of like just desire for other genders or wanting to play around with their own gender and feeling like I'm super femme, but like I wore a tuxedo and like I'm, I'm feeling something. Yeah. And so those are all big fantasies. And I can't remember the remaining three off the top of my head, but it's interesting to look at that research. I think that cuckold or cuckolding. Yeah. Never know how to truly pronounce it. Anyways, that's one of the ones I've had a lot of male submissives that are really mm. into that. And it always like I remember one of them in particular, he has like a pretty good sized dick. And yeah. all he ever wanted was to was for me to tell him about times that I was with a guy that was bigger than him. And he would just <laughs> eat it up. Like I would sit there and be like, yeah, he's way bigger. Like all these things. I love like, it. Like your penis doesn't even compare. And he would turn into puddles. And I just always found it so fascinating because yeah. I can't really relate to it. I'm more yeah. than happy to like help them with that, yeah. you know, that piece of it and help them find pleasure in it and everything. But like, I just have a hard time really understanding like, or getting into the space where I can relate to the psychology behind it. Yeah. So that's, that's just a really interesting one for me. But I mean, to, I, I feel you there. Cause it's not something that is like, like, I mean, I'm with, I'm with you. I love like being with someone and helping them like live a fantasy IRL. Like mm-hmm. I'm very experimental. So like yeah. the idea of doing it is really fun. Cause I feel like I can play, but it isn't like an initial turn on, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So no, I agree. And sometimes when, especially when they have one that, I don't necessarily relate to I'm the same way it doesn't turn me on I'm just happy to be helping them find or explore that space and I find myself like in that situation more often than not um, especially with this guy so yeah it was just really interesting and sometimes I'm like like I don't want to be too mean you know know. (laughs) oh I love being mean to men especially when they pay me for it I'm I'm here for that that's just it's super fun (laughs) I was um, well I told you about this before we started recording but i was with my fin sub mm. over the weekend and um it was just for a night and i just was laughing at myself after the whole situation because he gifted me these beautiful diamond earrings which i love and then in return i stepped on his face repeatedly oh, and amazing. like choked him with my heel and i just you know sometimes like when you step out of those spaces you're like for normal people this is not <laughs> this is not a normal occurrence <laughs> and it sounds fun but it, and it yeah. is fun yeah and so so, and that's another one too, where at least in in that aspect of it, I understand the like the I guess affinity for pain. Yeah, Not pain, but like being degraded because I like degradation. Yeah. degradation. He doesn't like too much pain. Very, yeah. very light threshold of pain so I, mm. I like it's just a little bit but he likes the degradation he likes mm. being like owned in that way and like for me I, as a submissive I can relate to that oh so, totally yeah and that, that makes the dynamic so like much more fun just because like I understand like what he's feeling from it but anyway so yeah just the BDSM world in general oh have, yeah well and yeah. for anybody listening your pleasure um, pathway and your pain pathway in your brain um, they share transmitters they share connections mm-hmm. so it's super normal to be into BDSM and it's super normal for pain and pleasure to turn you on yeah when they're combined like that's literally what's happening in your brain yeah so you know if you feel any shame about that if you're listening don't it's your brain your brain is your biggest sex organ people mm-hmm. oh wow yeah Absolutely. well it's actually interesting because some sexologists are like no your skin is your biggest sex organ which i can see as well i could see that for i could me, see yeah. yeah touch is huge for yeah. me yeah so i could see that so I think both, you know, you can argue that both are your biggest sex organ, but it's funny, like touch is big for you. I'm a total sapiosexual, which basically means like communication and like 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like good communication just turns me on. Yeah. So I totally relate to the like brain part of it. But then I, when I was reading about the skin, I was like, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it, maybe it just depends on like the person if they're, I if, think so. Yeah. If they, yeah. if they're more mental with their, you know, with their sexuality yeah. or if they, they like more of like the physical aspect. Yeah. And I'm very big on like touch and like just being present through like yeah. touch essentially. So I get, maybe for me, my biggest or, or, yeah. sexual organism is the skin. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of what mine is because very much depends on the situation, but sometimes like, like I remember when I first met my partner and mm. he would just go on these rants about, I don't know, stocks or something and I would just <laughs> eat it up I'd be like damn oh. this makes me want to fuck you but what I liked your your like portion it. about right and, but then at the I same just time stocks was random but I, I could see like, <laughs> their element you no, know exactly. that's hot that's yeah I was just so excited about it I was yeah. like oh, I love this but then at the same time it's like I love touch it's like all mm. the time I'm trying to like touch you know my partner yeah. and he's just like give him hugs and he's like okay we did two hugs already and he's very much <laughs> the exact opposite of how oh. I am with with touch so it's kind of hilarious um, <laughs> I liked your portion about, you know, following your fantasy yeah. because recently I've kind of tried to do that more where mm. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not going to like expand my mind a little bit more. And I, and I realized, I think I would love to peg a man. <gasps> oh yes. Oh, it's so satisfying. I've like, yeah. That's a big fantasy for me. I've pegged women, but not mm. men. And I really want to peg a man. Well, and I was just thinking about it because I saw a TikTok and it was mm. just these three dudes and they're like, what do we want to peg. get pegged? And they're like, amen. And then they were like, how do we do it? By sending respectful feelers out on the internet. (laughs) As soon as he said that, I was like, I looked at the three of them and I was like, you know what? I could do it. I'd pay all of them. I could do it. Yeah. 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 Love that. Yeah. I love fingering dudes' assholes. Oh, I love that. They're so soft. I just <laughs> think like, yeah, booties are so underrated. They really are. But like, I, and I, I get it. I get it. People, people get really, I love anal play and people get mm. really iffy about it. I understand. You know, it's kind of like we were talking earlier about like the farting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Like, <gasps> but listen, you know, we're, we're farting it up. I don't know. Let's yeah. do it. But like, for some reason, the actual, like the touching and especially like inside the asshole can, mm. I think, be a really Oh yeah, place. absolutely. I love it when someone plays with just like the hole it's yeah. so you know actually it's when I was younger I loved I don't get waxed anymore just because it hurts and I'm over it but when I used to get waxed all the time my favorite was getting waxed on my butt because it felt good so yeah. everything else would hurt but then when it was like time to go to the end I'm like I earned it I earned <laughs> like my my booty moment and like it felt so good and I loved it laser hair removal. Yeah. I did laser hair removal I just have really sensitive skin so I started with waxing and it just really hurt it started to hurt mm-hmm. after a while and I was like I don't think this is like I don't think my skin likes this yeah and then I did do laser hair removal but then it gave me these really really big ingrown hairs and mm. I was like well I don't really like that side effect either and so then I found this Philips razor it's a bikini trimmer mm. and that's what I, I use what and it's awesome yeah. because if I do ever want to wax like if I do ever like need it emergency I don't know in the Bahamas whatever I don't shave so I can technically get waxed at any time because I'm not shaving and you know like if you're getting waxed mm-hmm. it's not good to shave and yeah. the bikini trimmer is amazing because it really does a great job mm-hmm. so that's what I switched to just because 
I've so if you have sensitive skin or just are a baby and you don't want to get waxed, try a, that one. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Well, yeah. I was going to say if you ever had laser hair removal on your mm. asshole, that Ooh. is that is quite the sensation. Well, I was going to say when you talked about like the pain and the pleasure pathways. Yeah. So I always laughed or kind of got self conscious whenever I was getting laser because I I got my entire vag lasered. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I just you know I don't like anything down there. Yeah, uh, personal <laughs> preference. Yeah, but anyways. And, uh, you know, they have you sit in the butterfly pose yeah. and then they're like sitting there, like spreading you open yep. and like lasering everything and it hurts. Yep. And I would get turned on. <laughs> so I was, That's so fun. I mean, it's like little bee stings. It was, yeah. yeah. And I was like literally having to sit there and be like, I hope they don't see me get wet. And I remember one time the girl too was like so hot doing it. <gasps> and I'm like sitting there trying to control myself because she's like lasering my vagina, literally spreading it with her fingers. And I'm just like puddles. Oh my God. I am like a sucker. For a girl in a uniform. So I feel like that would have totally, like, if my laser person was just like a hot femme and like a little yeah. scrub outfit, I would have lost my damn mind. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, and I, my biggest fantasy is um, a massage that goes erotic, oh. you know, with a girl. And I'm just like, Ugh. but yeah, that moment, I'll never forget that. It's, it's ingrained in my mind for some reason. Mm. It was the hottest thing. And I'm sitting there like, please don't notice that I'm turned on. <laughs> And anyways, no, I'm just thinking usually <laughs> when I'm getting lasered, I, I don't think I've run into that issue, <laughs> but at some points, the stinkiness of it has felt good. Yeah. yeah. I've experienced that too. Yeah. yeah. The heat, I guess. Mm, I like getting tattooed. That feels good. Like it feel it hurts, but it feels damn good. How many tattoos do you have? Maybe like 13. You wow. can't. I, have, I was going to say, I could, I'm, I'm, oh yeah, no, yeah. we've got, we've got a oh, whole bunch. Oh, yeah. We were talking earlier before, you know, we started the podcast about how Avatar Korra could get it. Yes. yes. Oh my God. <laughs> our fave, our fave cartoons or characters that could get it go. Uh, Peter Pan. Wow. Yeah. Really? I mean, but that was like, he was like my first crush Mulan. <gasps> oh. Uh, oh my God. Oh. Uh, the guy in Mulan. The guy in Mulan. Um, they both could get it. What was his name? God damn it. But I we all, we all he know. was my first one. Yeah. Uh. Oh, um, for me, the prince. Sleeping Beauty. Oh, she could get it. Oh, yep. yeah. She was so pretty. The prince so pretty. in Ariel. Oh, I oh had a Eric. And yeah. Ariel, honestly. I had a oh, yeah. That little bra thing oh, really yeah. did it for me when I was younger. You know, yeah. I will say that actually, when I was younger, I always, you know, especially like reading like the Little Mermaid books and like, you know, the first pages were always like the eight sisters all wearing right. little bras. And I would be weirdly like aroused. Yeah, you know, I remember as that. A, as oh, a yeah. young little girl. And I would just think they're like, I always fantasized about boobs. Oh, yeah, oh, me I too. Love I love boobs. Mine was also the Beast from Beauty and the yeah. Beast. When he turned back into a human, I was really disappointed. Yeah. I was just like, this is really anticlimactic. Like he was so hot before. And then I felt the same thing when they did the Emma Watson reboot. Emma mm -hmm. Watson could also get it. Oh, yeah. But when they did the reboot and then he switches back into the guy from what Downton Abbey, I was like, yeah. you've got to be kidding me with this shit. He's a pussycat. Bring the beast back. Like I was so, I was so upset. Oh my God. I'm going to throw it out there. Shego. Oh, is that Shego? From Kim Possible. I don't know. <gasps> Oh, she's so hot. Oh my God, oh. yes. And also Kim Pop. They both, oh. I love Kim Possible. Don't get me wrong. Her boobs are a little pointy for my taste, but she, <laughs> she look at my nipples are like literally hard. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Shego could do whatever oh, she wanted she to was, Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I've seen so many Shego cosplays on um, TikTok. Ooh. And one of these days, I'm going to have to have a girl dress up in Shego, the full outfit, Ooh. the black lipstick. Yeah, with the black lipstick on one lip. On oh one lip, my everything, God. And just have her way with me. You know what? 
maybe I'm going to tell this, this girl I'm seeing, maybe I'm going to tell her to do that. You should. And actually speaking, have you guys seen She-Ra? at all okay it's on netflix i highly recommend everybody watch it right now but there's a character called katra mm-hmm. who is so much like shigo you have to watch this show Ew, okay, and watch it was it. written by like queer people so the whole show like everybody is really queer it's really sweet and nice and like so it's like all of the characters like get with each other which is just so rewarding mm-hmm. um Love that. but it's really good it's really is good it yeah, it's. I mean, it's a cartoon. I don't know if it would be classified as anime, but maybe oh, okay. I think so. Shira, but yeah, Shira, that. Shira, and the princesses of power. Basically, like everyone is a princess, and everyone mm-hmm. has a crush on everybody, and it's really like sweet and wholesome. But also, like everyone could get it. Is there an orgy? Please <laughs> no, tell me there's an orgy. No, it's it's oh, okay. way too PG. Oh, um, see, but like, watch Shira, and then go on TikTok and watch the cosplay because it's not PG on TikTok. <laughs> you know what I've really gotten into? Hentai or anime porn? Uh, oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. All the Overwatch characters that they sexualize yeah if i need to come in like five seconds flat there's a uh, tomb raider video <gasps> it's a cartoon oh yeah i'm gonna show it to you it's a tomb raider video it's cartoon it's literally like maybe i think two minutes long mm. every time i watch it every time mm. i watch it it's just like instantaneous uh, it's so hot. honestly oh, yeah. i love the the anime porn with trans women oh my god yeah <gasps> yes me yeah. too yeah, Love and honestly, it. like I've never hooked up with a trans person, yeah. uh, but I'm very curious to do so. I've like I, that's definitely something I'd like to do. At some point. You know yeah. who else can get it? Cartoon character, the yeah. girl from Atlantis. <gasps> yes. Oh my god, <laughs> her. Uh, oh the, yeah. The hair. The, it was the, the boobs. The blue. Oh, yeah. I love the tattoos. The yeah. tattoos. Yeah. For me. The tattoos. All the uh, markings she had. And just like a spiritual, like badass femme. God. Mm-hmm. Who else? There was uh, um, what fan. Phantom. Danny oh, Phantom. yeah. Danny yes. Phantom. Yeah. I liked um, the evil fire dude, the younger one from Avatar. Zuko. Zuko. Oh, yeah. And yes. his sister Azula. She was so she mean. Was. Yeah. But I loved I have such a kink for mean girls. And so like, Me too. Oh. I don't remember her. Oh, she was she was just like batshit crazy and trying to kill everybody. That reminds me of uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. With the sister. What was her name? Hela? I don't remember. Can't remember. Anyways, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, the sister played by Kate Blanchett. Oh God, Kate Blanchett. Anytime, anywhere. I mean, my oh, God, you had me at Kate <laughs> Carol. I mean, if we're talking about actresses or actors that could get it, like I would turn full lesbian for Sandra Bullock, or mm. um, what's her name? Which one? The I love she's Bullock. in. She's the blonde in the the last Zombieland movie. Um, Zoe Dutch. Oh, Zoe Dutch is super cute. No, she's no, she's redheadish kind of. Yeah, yeah, but she's super cute. Love her. That's her name, right? Yeah, trying to remember it. I always forget. That's her name. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoe Dutch. No, she's super cute. She was in this film called The Vampire Academy, which is like, oh, Dimitri from that movie could get it. Lord have mercy. Just like Russian, six foot tall, like maybe would kill you. I'm here. It's cool. (laughs) Oh, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Who's the other character? Oh, you don't. You got to go watch Vox Machina. But yeah. the twins in that one, the the male twin was my absolute. He could get it. Ugh. Except I can't remember his name right now. And then the <laughs> girl that he ends up with, I would watch them together anytime. Oh, I love it. I just this whole conversation reminds me, especially the she go part reminded mm. me of like how early I didn't realize it at the time, but like how early my sexual journey started. Yeah, I don't remember what age I was watching, but like even when I was watching Sailor Moon when I was like, oh my god, eight or nine years old. 
assholes. Yeah. And even then I was like, they're all so hot oh, and sexy. So hot. And I'm like, why? Yeah, like I never understood it. And then like, mm. as I got older and I like what you said about like, you know, letting those fantasies play out. Like I remember, cause when I was a kid, even then I would like censor myself sometimes. Oh yeah, of yeah. course. And because you're like, I'm not supposed to be thinking about this. Yeah. You're like, they're, you know, totally. sex is bad. So like, we totally. can't be thinking about it. So then you stop yourself. That's something I'm going to take away from this episode. I censor mm-hmm. myself a lot. We all do. And you yeah. know, what's funny. Speaking of that, you know, some studies have found that kids start masturbating as early as two years old. Yeah. So we're like all, oh yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, we're doing all types of funny stuff. And I remember like, you know, I, I just hear things from like different parents who are like, my kid is doing this with like, is that normal? Is that okay? I'm like, oh, it's totally fine. They're, yeah. they're a damn kid. I mean, yeah. like as long as they're not setting the house on fire on purpose (laughs) then then I think we're okay you know but but yeah it's it's totally but it's interesting because like the feedback I get from my friends who are parents like their kids will are exploring pleasure and then the parents will come to me and be like oh is this okay is this fine I'm like yeah sure and then they'll, they'll like start teaching their child like it's totally fine to like enjoy pleasure, but like when we're outside, when we're at school, we can't be doing, you know, and it's yeah, like yeah. so mm-hmm. interesting. And it's, it's important, obviously, to teach your kids those lessons because yeah. your kid, you don't want your kid to be embarrassed or you don't want your kid to accidentally embarrass someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so interesting because when I see this, I'm like, yeah, like we are like teaching our kids, like if you want to be a respectable person in society, you're not a sexual person. Mm-hmm. And it's like this ingrained story that we tell ourselves that we like have to unlearn when we're adults. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's all just fascinating you know it reminds me of my ex-husband and i we our honeymoon was in ibiza Ooh. and they're like you know all nude beaches phenomenal yeah. i absolutely loved it i'll never forget one time i was like taking a selfie of him and i and he was like there's a dude's dick in the background and i was like you know what let's change the angle <laughs> um, but i remember we were like laying there tanning and right next to us was a family yeah mom had her boobs out oh. kids were all you know playing whatever anyways and i just remember like at one point like one of her kids mm. like went up to her boobs and was like playing with them Um, and he was like it was a really sweet moment I remember watching it and like for a minute or two like she didn't care and then like just after a little bit I remember like I could overhear just a little bit she was like having a conversation with them about like you know like there was nothing wrong with that but at the same time like you know there's like a kind of like a time and a place for it or also like a conversation about like not doing that to strangers or like other people or like consent and things like that and I was sitting there and I was like this is amazing. Yeah. That's how parenting like, should be. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you know, she didn't make him feel like bad. I think it was a boy. I can't remember. Yeah. So there was like a, there were like two little boys and a girl. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but she didn't make them feel like bad about it or anything. She just had like an open, honest conversation. Yeah. And the kid was like maybe like five or six. Yeah. Very young. Yeah. And like, I think that's the way to do it. Cause like when I think back to, you know, like the times that my parents and I discussed sex, like I always felt like shame, you know, yeah. like you said earlier, that's like yeah. everyone's introduction to it, sadly. Absolutely. But I, will always remember that moment I always thought to myself like if I ever had kids that's how I would go about it yeah you know like just make them feel comfortable in it yeah I mean what more can you do it's like Mm -hmm. don't disrespect other people but like honor yourself Mm -hmm. yeah it always made me think back I think I had my first orgasm at like 10 I didn't even know what it was oh yeah I was laying in bed I squeezed my legs together and all of a sudden it was like euphoria and I'm Mm -hmm. like how did that happen (laughs) so 
it's you know from there it was like such a weird journey yeah but I, I mean and i've talked about that before i i had such a struggle with masturbation for such a long time because i i always felt so much shame and then you know i was addicted to it at one point and oh, then i yeah. loved porn and then it was like you know undoing all of that so mm. then now i'm just like i'm at a healthy however many times i need it a week sometimes yeah. i'll go without it sometimes i won't you know but at least like i'm at this place where i'm like it's okay yeah. that i touch myself yeah and at one time i was meditating because I love journaling, but I do better when I meditate. Mm. And I was meditating and it was every single time I meditate, it's always like my higher self, me and my inner child. I, that's real. I've never done that before. I'm going to do that. Really? Yeah. There's one guided one specifically mm. where it's like you walk down steps and then you get to this mm-hmm. door, you go through the door and it's like this like lush forest with six oh. pathways and you take the one to the left and you get to this little house, mm. right? And every single time I take that path, to the little house and I open the door and it's always my higher self and now Mm. one of my dogs recently passed away oh so now it's my higher self and my dog and it's usually me and my inner child that are walking the path to get there Mm. right and I'm always like holding my inner child and at one point you know we'll go in the house but one time I was I was meditating and I turned to my inner child and I was like these are boobs. This is a vagina. Like, oh. it's okay that we like these. It's okay that we touch these. You know, yeah. it's okay that you touch yourself. Like, yeah. it's okay. Because I had so much, like, negative connotation with that growing up. So I had to do that, like, with myself in meditation. And that yeah. really helped me, like, get better with, like, passing the shame. Yeah. And, and actually, I think during the meditation that we did at the erotic rose rebirth we kind of sat with our inner child for a little bit if i'm remembering correctly i didn't part because you know being one of the people like running the event i wasn't Mm -hmm. in the meditation but i'm sure you did some i mean lisa's meditations are incredible you meditate as well do you i do not i hate it oh really (gasps) i think it's just because i'm a sagittarius and it's really hard for me to sit still but one of my friends was recently coaching me through because she like helps she literally works with people like me who like hate meditation and so what she said so feel free if anybody out there is like i hate meditation too you're not alone she recommends lighting a candle and then looking at the fire and focusing on the fire and like having something to focus on Mm -hmm. like kind of can help you release the like tension of like i don't like this and i don't like being still and i feel uncomfortable being still Mm -hmm. and like i know for me like not liking meditation is deeply rooted to just like feeling not okay with being still feeling like i need to do something but a way that I release a lot and something that's very meditative for me is running so I do run a lot and I fantasize like crazy when I run it's like really it like amps me up and I think of something and I just go for it but runners high yeah yeah totally get runners high but I am trying to learn how to meditate because like a bitch does need to slow down (laughs) like (laughs) so you know well it's funny because Nikki I struggle with it too I struggle still and so does my partner and he's a fire son yeah yeah he, he can't sit still. He also has ADHD. So oh, he's yeah. like, I, I get it. like, but when we did yeah. the meditation, he was like, my back hurt the whole time. And I'm like, just relax. Yeah. yeah. So, and then he'll get like back pain and I'm like, mm. I get it. But the back yeah. pain I think is coming because it's like your body is just saying like, don't sit still. You don't like this. Let's yeah. rebel. You know, cause that's what my, it'll be like, yeah. your, your foot's itchy. Why aren't you itching it? Oh, your neck is yeah. itchy now. Are you sure you don't want to itch it? Your scalp is itchy and now your back hurts. And I'm just like, oh, I hate this goddamn meditation. Get me out of it. It's like a mm. whole thing but i think it's like your body just rejecting the feeling I'm yeah the same way. it's like kimmy meditates often and i and i join her you know 
when I can or whatever. Yeah. Um, cause she just, she usually does it in the morning. That's like when I'm doing my emails and whatnot, but yeah. I've had some really good ones that have helped me like kind of get a better mm. relationship with it as well. But I'm the same way. I have a hard time like sitting still and like closing my eyes. Mm. I don't know why I just, I, like I said, I like touch mm. and when I'm just like sitting there, just like touching my i feel like i have to move my hands like yeah. i need to be touching more like i don't know what it is so yeah. i'm still working on my relationship with meditation as well i've I hope i've gotten to a point where if i meditate long enough i get to this point where all sensation of my body like mm. leaves like it's oh. almost like i'm and i always picture myself when i'm meditating i'm in the universe mm. so it's like but i had to like set the mood too so i yeah. usually like i turn off all the lights i have my yeah. tv going with the meditation and then i yeah. sit in my plushy couch i put a blanket over me i like oh you know that's really smart because like i just plop into it and i'm like god this sucks and the ground is hard and i like to set the that which is so it's also true for sex people yeah yeah Yeah. well but it's like it's like such a ritual and it just gets me ready and you know like lighting my palo santo or you know the rosemary and getting like the smoke the smoke really does it for me Mm. so then as soon as i and then i fire sign that might help oh yeah i think that, yeah, yeah i relate i'm i'm a big fire girl yeah yeah well but i think it's important that you know with journaling with meditation yeah. i think you know with like sex s- anything yeah. set the space yeah. yeah and i like you said you know you have to slow down a little bit at some yeah. point read your body so Absolutely. i think that's super important i always Absolutely. laugh when we're meditating and like the cats are like <laughs> knocking shit oh over. i know and i'm like trying to focus and they're here like and i'm like my dog like it's like she knows she's not very cuddly but when i meditate or i'm like okay i'll do yoga fine and then my dog is like it's time to play (laughs) and then she's just like jumping on me and like trying to get treats and i'm just anyway you know it's it's really interesting i get my yoga mat out and Mm. one of my cats will be like this is perfect down here all the time and then they start doing the well the kneading yeah or the downward facing kitty you know i love it when animals stretch one of my cats does that every single time i pull out the yoga mat and then like i'm trying to do things and she's like mimicking me or like Aww. walking in between me it's the cutest thing oh i'll get in like what is it the the child's pose mm. and my cat will like jump on my back and i'm like what the fuck do i do from here <laughs> <laughs> can't move yeah well i love this conversation yeah. thank you so much i've learned a lot I'm, i've got some takeaways for this yeah i need to start like prompting myself a little bit more with my journaling in terms mm-hmm. of like because a lot of times i'll write about experiences yeah just kind of like the memories of it like what i remember yeah. and i will write down some things that like stick out to me like in terms of touch yeah. like i remember for one of my partners like i absolutely loved his chest hair and i always wrote about mm-hmm. like how much i love like the feeling of his chest hair against my yeah. face but i do think i need to write about like more of my other erotic experiences not sex related yeah absolutely or masturbation masturbation is also sex everybody so you know even if you haven't had sex yet or you haven't had sex in a while that's also a great thing to to, i was about to say to masturbate about (laughs) to erotic journal about erotic journal about solo sex yeah that's actually smart well yeah good idea and i would like to say like the erotic journaling that we did with you at Mm. the erotic rose rebirth was phenomenal so If you're in LA, you need to go to this event because it's dope. I can't wait for the next one. I have to be there. 
Yeah, it's so worth it from, you know, do you make the agua flora every time or does that change? That was bit? just for this one. And okay. that was, um, but we, I mean, it's Danny loves to do that. So <laughs> it's definitely oh, like, I love twist him. his arm, please. No, he, yeah. we can do that at every, yeah, yeah, he's. That's cool. But also just like the sound bath, the erotic yeah. journaling, it really, my brain was so activated and I, got, I took away good. so much from it. Uh, but if you want to plug yourself in, yeah. Well, if anybody wants to learn more about me, you can just go to pleasurescience.com or I'm on TikTok and Instagram at pleasure yeah. science. I mean, just pleasure science. Like yeah. that's me yeah. and that's what I do. And that's what I talk about. Yeah. Also, you well, have a great voice. Thank yes. you. Yeah. It's very, I, I actually used to work at a call center when I was putting myself through Berkeley. So I worked at a call center cause I could make commission and I could like help pay for school. Yeah. And like people would ask me out. I had a woman in her fifties whose husband had passed away. Who was like, do you want to come like, and just like come to my house and have lunch and I was like thank you like no <laughs> but because like it's I don't know you yeah but also do you want to donate instead and yeah. like but but it was I've I've gotten that feedback yeah. and it's the funniest thing well because yeah. I have the headphones in so I've been mm. listening to this conversation the whole time and like yeah the way you sound in the headphones it's like orgasmic <sighs> I like well it. and you said there was a, a code um, oh my gosh of course yeah. yes you meant I that thank you um <laughs> how funny yeah totally so well you mentioned at the beginning I'm also an astrologer I love using astrology as a way to help people rewrite their relationship with sex and shame because mm -hmm. astrology just teaches us about ourselves yeah so I wrote a list of ebooks they're called the erotic astrology ebooks there's one for every single sign and inside them there's a pleasure-based ritual designed specifically for your astrology sign um, I talk about body Body astrology, so what your erogenous zones probably are and where you carry and store energy. So if that interests you, you can use the code double teamed and get 20% off your astrology sign at pleasurescience.com slash shop. I kind of want to go. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say my, my own. Um, Luckily, we can share because yeah, oh yeah, Libras. <laughs> or we I want to hear what you think too because I actually that was one of my favorite pleasure based rituals to write. I use mm -hmm. that one all the time, so yeah. I'm curious to hear what you two think Ooh, about it for yeah. Libra. Wow. Yeah. Um, yes. yes. We'll report back. For yes. sure. Yeah. So don't forget use code double teamed at pleasurescience.com/shop. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like and it. please go give Nadej a follow. She is awesome. You can find her again on TikTok, IG, at Pleasure Science. And yeah. I'm curious. Is there one final question we can leave our listeners as they begin their erotic journaling? Mm. What's one like maybe small question? Who taught you to feel good? <gasps> oh, wow. That was profound. I don't even know. Yeah. I'm like... <laughs> That gives me a lot. I'm going to have to think about that. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have a great Thursday because that's the day that these episodes drop. Or whatever Don't, day you listen to this to. Yes. Don't forget, wear condoms. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.